You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live this week. Featuring news and commentary on this week in Black Hollywood. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live this week, Dario Kristen. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're watching Black Hollywood Live this week. I am your host, Dario Kristen. Joining me today is DJ Jesse J. What's up? The beautiful Courtney Stewart. Yeah, I'm beautiful today. You are beautiful today. <laughs> Girl, you're beautiful I, every day. Thank you. We have some additional beauty in the studio today. Two beautiful women. Yes. We have Dr. Keisha Downey from VH1's Com- Couples Therapy. Hey. And we have Michelle Michener from the hit movie from Spike Lee, Chirac. Yeah. How you doing? Hey. Thank y'all for joining right us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We are excited. It's Thursday. It's and, Thursday. you know, it's almost the end of the week. And we are about 10 to 11 days in our detox. In our detox, herbs. guys. We're still in it. We're still in it. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. We're still staying strong. Thank you all for there. text messages. Yes. Uh, thank you for the text messages. They walked me off a, shit, off a boat yesterday. <laughs> Walked him off a cliff. Probably That's what it is. I might need to join in. All right. So we got all the information for you. Okay. Well, we got a great show today. A lot of topics, including Erica Badu throws some shade at Iggy Azalea. Mm-hmm. Trump again. An, again. again, Trump announces his plan for Muslims. Lee Daniels creates a new a new pilot with Queen Latifah, and uh, new research says that <laughs> scientists um, are saying that addiction is not a disease, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. What? But first, we are going to talk about the buzzer meter question today, which is what Jesse, you have that information. Boom! The buzzer meter question is: Do y'all feel that Erica Badu was a little too shady to Iggy Azalea? Let us know. Let us know. We'll read those results next week. But we'll start off with our topics with DJ Jesse J. And that's the topic we're going to start with. So, obviously, we all saw the Soul Train Awards, right? It was amazing. It was really good. A lot of great performances. It was like one of the best award shows I've seen in a while. It is, right. Everyone was was on. They sounded good. The talent was superb. Babyface. I really feel like Erica Badu. That Babyface tribute. Mm-hmm. He killed it. And that soul cipher. Come, yeah. Come on now. But I feel like a lot of that had to do with allowing Erica to be a part of creating the show. Well, Having um, an artist being able to kind of create a, an award show that mm-hmm. they go to every year and they think, well, you know what? They aren't really representing the artist. So I thought that was really cool. However, you know, at the beginning, she, she had a situation where she made fun of Iggy Azalea and basically said she's not a rapper. That's why she could come to the Soul Train Awards because what she does definitely isn't rap. So Iggy clapped back and very, very gracefully and said, I guess people are still worried about my accomplishments two years ago. And we thought that was the end of it. Well, so I love watching Erica. I love watching Erica's Twitter because she does these like little she videos. She's the best Twitter. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. I've seen her with her son, yeah. with her kids. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah and she does that. like little motivating thing, like uh, conversations to her fans and whatnot, or just what's going on in her life. But she came out to say. Uh, one video that she apologized to Iggy Azalea because her daughters were such big fans and they were mad at her and she wanted to apologize because maybe it was a little too harsh. And I was like, wow, this is really big of Erica Badu to do something like that, especially with her as staple in hip-hop. 
And then, Uh-oh. where I thought the apology was going to end, it went on to, and you know what? Since Iggy Azalea is so good, why don't she take you to school? Why don't she care about your grades? Why don't she do anything? Go be with her. Go be with her. Go be with her. Go be Right. Wow. So I was like, damn, America. Like, this personal? This was all on Twitter? Girl. And so then... I mean, I've been, like, side-eyeing Iggy for a couple, like, a year and a half now, but mm-hmm. I gotta say, Iggy won this one. So she wrote a letter and posted it on Twitter she and did. wrote, Oh, wow. Yeah. Dear Miss Badil, tell the girls I'm a fan of mom, <laughs> and if this year they do well in school yep. and they get B's and A's, I'm, I'm gonna have a tour next year with all new music, <laughs> they are more than welcome to come to the show backstage treatment on me only if they do well in school. Wow. Thanks a lot. And wow. then like ended it like that. <laughs> See, I felt that like was good. It was good, but I kind of felt it I kind of felt it was a little extra, whack though because yeah. this is why. Because then it's like how do you come back and go after her after she put something about school and kids? Yeah, no, but that's you know why I mean? she did it. What? I know, but I'm like I I'm think like, it's on. corny on Erica's behalf to do that. You're apologizing and you're a grown woman mm-hmm. and you're sitting here talking about you're like you're you're this respected woman in hip hop and you don't like Iggy Azalea because she's not respecting hip-hop. So here you are as a mother, first of all. This is the example you want to set for your daughters? Like, you're apologizing and then you're still throwing shade. I don't know. I just looked at it like... Maybe that's a way of just, you know, if she would have just ended it right then and there, it would have been the end of it. But sometimes people do things to seek more attention, kind of keep things kind of going. Well, her album did get number one on uh, the R&B. I don't know, know, though, but, like, I mean... At the end of the day, Erica Badu is an entertainer. Yeah, okay, right. so it's no different from these comedians. Everyone's talking about Bill Cosby, right? right? Yes. And that is a very serious subject. I think she was just hosting the awards. I think she was just being entertaining, and I think she was just going Thank with the entertainment. You. And I'm a huge Erica Badu fan, so it's Absolutely. like if you if you look at her interviews, you know, on the Breakfast Clubs and things like that, she's not taking any of this serious. No, like yeah. she's just you know she's just being Erica Badu. She's just being an entertainer and being fun. And I just think everyone's like, oh, the shade. And it's like she's being a host. Every host that hosts anything always got something to say about the entertainers in the business but then why come back and do it though like why the because second it blew up so it, yeah, much it was like well since Twitter, everyone is with it I'm gonna just keep going it. with I'm it like joke. play the joke out and, and, I, and I think honestly just thinking of Erica Badu she's probably like since everyone is just getting such a kick of this I'm gonna just keep it going why yeah. not since it's such a big thing let's just be honest though Iggy Azalea does do pop music right. so what she said it's not like you're lying. Yeah, right. Well, I, th- I love that Iggy, actually, I'm sorry, the ending of Iggy's thing said, um, and can we please just get over this since, you know, they're having such a hard time filing my music in their iTunes folder. Right. Wow. Wow. So she sounds like she snapped back. And yeah. honestly, what I want to come out of this is a sit down between Eric and Iggy. And ha- do you think that's really going to happen? Why, why do we even why? need that, though? What? Oh, to work Y'all, on music together? No. I want them to sit down and have a conversation culturally. I think that that would be important. I don't think anyone Mm-hmm. sat down and That's talked to Iggy is that y'all everyone wants to sit out here and talk all this shit that Iggy doing all this hmm. but if you want to really be about that do what John Legend said and go have a sit down conversation but she said already many a times before she's been snapped on on Twitter and everywhere else that her a knowledge and history of hip hop is nobody knows what she already knows and that she has studied and been a student of hip hop so mm-hmm. to think that she needs to culturally sit down I think everybody just put her in a category because they chose to I mean, yeah. but when and Nicki she Minaj was doing what she was doing, doing she pop she music doing. it was cool and she's yeah, still making she was money, doing music so. that yeah. she enjoyed but, and made money doing it right. and then everybody got mad because people was buying records and yeah. it's not about like shooting somebody up no. or you know B words and you know 
She stuff that just you can't even understand what they're saying. Like, Maybe that's, that's why. I don't know. <laughs> well, this started a while ago. It's not yeah. Someone up, is just piggybacking. It was she's what Ti's artist. Or not, anymore. not anymore. Not anymore. She was, yeah. and it started heat. back then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just someone just. Picking up where well, they Dwayne left Dupree off. Said he still wanted her, so mm-hmm. maybe she got hope. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're, we haven't heard the, the last of her either. I'm yeah. sure of it. Oh, no. so. She's already no. said she's about to drop something. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, who else is about to drop something is Mr. Lee Daniels, because yes, we all did. know he got his deal with uh, Fox, right? So he has a new pilot. Now, there's no name for it yet, but it's going to be starring Queen Latifah. Yeah. That's big. So that's going to be good. So mm. deal. It's a drama, and it's music-based, again, like Empire. Uh, so she's going to be she always plays something in a salon she's gonna, be, <laughs> she's gonna own a salon and she's gonna be kind of like uh, she's gonna be a surrogate mother to um, three these girls. three well they said three girls but then I saw something that there was a boy cast yeah maybe. I was yeah. confused yeah it's like a girl group it's like a girl, my understanding it's, it's like a girl group but then child. I think they have a transgender yeah okay female that's yeah. gonna be really hot now. that's gonna be, nice. be hot yeah, yeah so I think that they're just trying to and you know Lee Daniels was so great about him is he always tried to mix in just different cultures um sexuality like he brings all of that to the forefront so I mean you know, I think it's gonna be great. I'll be tuned in. I'll, I'll be tuned in. I'll be there. And it's a we'll perfect role for Queen Latifah. It's both of her strong Jersey, things. So. It's music yeah. and salons. It's all of it. Music and salons. And they're shooting in ATL, right? I yeah. Think and a ATL. production yeah. starts, uh, I think, at the end, end of, of the month. month. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to Very exciting. Shout out to Lee. Boom. He's doing it big. Also, make sure you guys check out our sister site, AfterBuzz TV. Whatever your favorite TV show is, as soon as you are done, head over to AfterBuzzTV.com to check it on out. We do Love and Hip Hop, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, Courtney on Monday, so if yeah. you want to get rats with us, we, we do over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come through. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Oh, it is Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, because Remy about to be on this season? <laughs> yeah. No. Whatever. I was a fan. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan of Remy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Papoose. We Alphabet Slaughter. What? I'm conceited. Wow. I got everything. Yeah, she was so hot. Boom. So check it out, AfterBuzzTV.com. All right, yeah. Jesse, moving on to Courtney. All right, so I'm going to take it a little more serious, or maybe comical, whichever way you want to look at it, because <laughs> this guy's all over kind the of place. In between. So we got Donald Trump back in the news this week. Surprise. And not really for the greatest of reasons, but basically he announced that upon becoming president, what he would do is basically he would do a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically he was asked to sort of elaborate on that, and he kind of said it would be a temporary thing, but he thinks that anybody coming into the United States that is Muslim needs to be barred. Point blank, period. He was asked multiple times by multiple people to sort of give him an opportunity to clarify, backtrack, do any of those things, but he stood firm. He believes that we're all being too sensitive. We need to recognize that Muslims is trying to kill us, and the only way to keep them wow. from doing that is to block them from coming into the country. He would not clarify if he meant, like, can you come to do business here? Because there are business people that are Muslim that travel back and forth. He didn't say if you had... We're here, and then you left, and you were Muslim. If you can come back, right. like we don't really know what's going on. He but did of say course, the military would be allowed if you were in the military. Allowed. You were allowed to come back. Okay, in. Yeah. military was allowed. New age but, power uh, there. So he's since done a few, quite a few interviews. After that, he did an interview with Barbara Walters. He hung out with our favorite Don Lamone, <laughs> aka Lamone. I call him Lamone. My sorry. boyfriend <laughs> on CNN, and he just basically continued to 
um, support his reason. And the f- interesting part is that his ratings have been up in the polls. Yeah. He's at 35% now for the Republican um, pool. So he's taking 35% of the vote right now for them. So he's the front runner still. And that new numbers have not come out just yet since he made the announcement earlier this week. So we don't know if that's going to make it drop. But what everything seems to appear, including a CBS poll that was done, many, many Americans actually do agree with him. And they are very upset with Obama, who made a speech on Sunday, um, sort of talking about uh, what's going on and what their plan is for Syria and ISIS. And he would not specifically say the Muslim terrorist threat. And they are apparently the whole, like, Trump camp is super, super duper offended by all of that. Um, Trump says that he has the historic um, right, basically, to do such a thing because of things like the Chinese Exclusion Act that Mm -hmm. happened um, in the early um, 20th century. In addition to, we know uh, President Roosevelt during World War II put the Japanese into Japanese internment camps, even if they were citizens and had property and all those things, all of which Mm -hmm. we have determined were bad things to do. (laughs) Yet, that is still the justification for Donald Trump and he continues to move forward. And now Ted Cruz has moved into second place behind him because Ted Cruz is one of the only Republican um, nominees who did not specifically speak out against what Trump said. Mm. All the other ones said specifically, like, that's a horrible idea or that's bad, whatever. Ted Cruz just sort of spoke around it. Mm. And he has moved into second place. So that's where we're at with that. I don't know what's worse, the fact that I'm not surprised Mm. or that he actually said it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like these type of people have been existing in our country for an extremely long time. And so now he's just someone who's actually saying what a lot of people think. Think. So a lot of times when these shocking news events that happen, I'm like, I I hate the fact that I'm not shocked at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That these are, that, you know, cops are just killing folks and you got someone running for president who just telling you Latinos can't be here and Muslims can't be be here. The fact that I'm not shocked is just, that's what scares me the most because it's like I have an understanding of just the type of people that actually do live in our country. We're numb yeah. to it. It's yeah. really, because we it's watch numb. it every day on TV yeah. that's like, oh, this stereotype, that stereotype, that. So when you have a man preaching it to you, it has blown my mind. Some yeah. people who I would never even think would vote Republican or right. even like look at Donald Trump in a serious manner Any capacity. <laughs> but it blows my mind how many young kids are like no he, donald trump is the business and and i'm just like what are y'all watching right. they're, they're watching the apprentice they're watching the apprentice, watching watching the apprentice. And I'm t- yeah. yeah i seriously I, I, think yeah. that that is why a lot of his popularity but they're like he brings up good topics i'm like okay he brings up what but where what's uh, the follow-through with but he's topics. not backing anything what's up or giving the information that's needed yes. and one of the things i will say that with everything that's going on in america what perfect timing for him to mm. say what he said about exactly. banning the it's, it's perfect timing. So, yeah. of course, his, the polls are going to, you know, go up in his favor at this yeah. point. Yeah. So. I'm sure there's, very, there's all, so many Muslims that invest in a lot of his different businesses. Yeah. So it just doesn't really make any sense Well, he sense said they were me. his best friends. Wow. He's got great... He definitely Because <laughs> you think of Dubai, one of the richest cities in the world. I know Trump got some Yes, over he does. And he's very clear. And he said, he specifically said that a lot of his Muslim friends agree with him. I, Interesting. Yeah, I like to. Yeah, I find that really hard yes, to believe. But he doesn't have a plan. Kind of like he doesn't have a plan yet. Thing. Like right. I would like you to produce those preachers and Let's produce not those get a, Muslim a building that Muslim agree with But him. it sounds like he spoke on something without really, you know, figuring out Any what the master plan to boost. Yeah, anyway, he just was speaking like he normally would speak. 
on The Apprentice show or something exactly, of that nature. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out if it's constitutional or unconstitutional. Well, yeah, everybody, you mean you can argue it being constitutional or non-constitutional to your But technically what they're finding, there's a Dr. Eric Posner, University of Chicago, who's saying that it is constitutional. Yeah, it technically. Is, I mean, technically, my opinion is that it is constitutional, but it's not in the spirit of the Constitution right. at all. <laughs> like, right, is it illegal? No, but is it morally a good idea? Probably not. Right. It like, oh. goes against everything we're supposed to stand for. And to use what we've already done in the past, which we have already determined sucked <laughs> still doesn't even apply in this case because we've never barred people based on their faith it's or, been yeah. national origin you're yeah. coming from a certain country for certain reasons like those things have happened Absolutely. but not because there's you know how many hundred billion Muslims in the world and oh you're my just gosh. no nobody can come in that makes no sense yeah. but Whatever. We have a problem on our hands. We're yes. I'm, afraid. I'm just like, how do you like balance I'm, that out? Like, I'm afraid. You do not vote. No, like balance it out. Like, how do you know someone is of that faith oh, right. if well, they wanted to come in here and lie about it? Like, well, that's what I'm point. saying. There's okay. so that's many. I'm just like, policy. yeah. Are you Muslim? No. Right. <laughs> no. There's because no real way to have determine the it. Yeah, how would you know? Ask and, yeah. and the bottom. And I thought, at least from my own education of reading and watching the news and that kind of thing, is that our biggest concern is actually American citizens who are being radicalized. And right. That's what. That's right. So that's not really solving the problem. Like. Keeping the Syrians out and keeping actually the Syrians that come in from the uh, refugee camps have been more screened than any oh of us that already live here. Right. Yeah. So That's true. it's it's interesting that he has no grounds <laughs> for anything that he does. But <laughs> if you love him, you love him, and lots of people do. do. Not I love the, the some of the quotes they they interviewed. Uh, I guess <laughs> Jeb. Jeb Bush and he was like this is unhinged that you know that uh, <laughs> Trump said this and then Marco Rubio said uh, offensive it's offensive so I'm all like, of whom are like less than 10% in the process. I know I was like they were trying to get their quotes in real quick yeah. which yeah. is really interesting yeah. but um, we'll see good yeah. luck Republicans good luck yeah. he said he might yeah. run as a third party candidate if he doesn't win the nomination wow. but it's looking like he is probably going to win several yeah. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. All right. Moving on to more scary, horrible news. Uh-huh. Yeah. For the week, Chicago has gone amok, been amok for a long time, and we're all finding out how amok it really is. Um, so, as we all know, two weeks ago, the uh, video of the 17-year-old Laquan McDonald that was shot in the street um, came out basically because the Chicago PD was forced to release it. Yeah. They were never going to release it, but later, they were forced. Yeah, a year later. Um, so that sort of has started the wheel turning even more. Uh, there were lots of protests over the Thanksgiving weekend, on Black Friday. People were blocking the Miracle Mile, and lots of people were starting to speak out. On Monday, the U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch announced that the Justice Department is going to do a civil rights investigation into the police department. Mr. Rahm Emanuel still ain't said nothing as the mayor yet. And then on Tuesday, he finally decides, okay, I'm going to speak to the city council. And he um, gave what some said was a very thoughtful, heartfelt address Mm -hmm. to the city council. Mm -hmm. At least all the people that were in the room said that, but all the people that were mad on the street were like, bullshit. (laughs) But uh, basically, (laughs) he at least uh, fessed up, sort of, and apologized for what happened to Laquan McDonald and saying that it's unfortunate that something like that happened on his watch and he will do everything that he can to fix the situation. And then, um, yeah, so then on uh, Tuesday also, the police department released more footage of six officers beating detainee Philip Coleman. That's crazy. And shocking him with a taser (laughs) in a cell from 2012. 
Coleman died soon after, mm-hmm. and the police attributed his death to an allergic reaction to a sedative. As they should. But the autopsy found that there were internal injuries, bruises, and more than 50 strikes to his mm. body, and at mm-hmm. least seven taser shots. So that was another one that they were forced to release. <sighs> um, all of this happening in about a 24-36 hour period, and then um, Illinois State Representative LaShawn Ford has introduced a bill to recall Mayor Rahm Emanuel, saying that Basically, quote, we have not seen the tip of the iceberg yet. We sure haven't. And voters have lost trust and confidence. People are hurt. People have died. People feel they are forgotten about in the city of Chicago. So he felt like it. all of his constituents were pushing, pushing, pushing for a way to dethrone Mr. Rahm Emanuel. And they're trying to figure out how they can alter the Constitution with this bill of Illinois so that they can oust him. So, yeah, there you go. Chicago still Chicago. Yeah, I spent some time there in the summer shooting Chirac, obviously, yeah. and I learned a lot about just the city of Chicago and just the level of violence that does occur there. And, you know, every day on the call sheet, Spike actually had the number of people who had been shot every day. Like, the oh, number yes. just continuous or, and killed. And the number would just continuously grow every day just to kind of drill into our, our heads, like, this is a serious situation, you know what I mean? And a lot of the reasonings there is just the lack of help and the lack of protection that Mm -hmm. these people are getting, you know what I mean, from these police officers and the mayor. It's so political and they're so concerned about their politics (laughs) and their, you know, their egos and and it's like the people are just getting lost and it's like they just don't have a voice and it's really unfortunate because it's an incredible city. So much culture, so much just, I mean, food and and life and the people are incredible but it's just, just to hear this still, you know, I mean, they're at I think now almost 400 and something and deaths. deaths. Yeah. yeah. Come Murder. on. Yeah. Thousands it's, it's, of shootings. Like, oh, the fact that it's these many people have had to be sacrificed for them to finally have an, you know, investigation. Investigation in the police department. How is that? And what's crazy to me, because I went to college in Chicago. I went oh, to nice. Northwestern, but I was on the North Shore. Hey, yeah. So, but we, like, lot, there were lots of students from the South Side and from the West yeah. Side and had their experiences and everything. But what's crazy is how clear-minded we all or everybody was in the city about how really dark and jacked yeah. up the politics of sh- the city oh of God. Chicago yeah. really yeah. are. And it's just like, now coming David out, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like it's not like it was a secret for anyone on any level mm-hmm. that there was some major shadiness going on on a regular basis for years after years after years and that it's taken this long it's now 2015 and it's just now kind of being looked at yeah. is insane to me well, yeah the residents definitely of course knew you know i'm from chicago mm-hmm. well i lived right outside of chicago mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things that at some point the bad stuff is it, going to be revealed yeah. Yeah. but what i will say is the crime rate has just you know, quadruple, if it's, there's even a word for it. It's yeah. just really, really bad. But you hit on something really important that there's not a lot of resources mm-hmm. for the residents in the communities mm-hmm. there. A lot of people don't even know about what they're, you know, what's out there. So when you have law enforcement, you know, that are taking things into or measures into their own hands or, and they're corrupt or beating on people yeah. and, you know, five years have gone by, what do you expect? Yeah. The, the behaviors are being conditioned to be a certain way. And so, mm-hmm. They keep doing what they do. So now things are coming out of the woodworks, and so now we're going to start seeing more or multiple things that are going to come out. Now, we won't get everything, but this is a start. And, uh, you know, it was just unfortunate to what happened to the young man. I mean, a whole year, two years to get the video video out. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be more things. The investigation 
it, it, we're going to find some things out. And I'm, I'm really happy, at least for my city now, that mm. this is what mm-hmm. is occurring. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. So, like, for me, you know, my job is what I would like to do is be able to give back to the community as best as I can, you know, from a mental health perspective, because people don't really know what, you know, what's out there. For That's them. true. Yeah. Sure. So. I think what I found the most disturbing about the video, too, is that out of, I think it was like maybe seven cops or something in the video mm-hmm. with Philip Coleman that... All of them were black except for one of the officers, yeah. first of all. And then just obviously this is a nationwide problem. I mean, Chicago is the focus right now. But yeah, this, right. clearly we know that this is just going on everywhere with the right. videos. And I know that they said that this also this in- investigation also started from what happened in Missouri. And so now all these mm-hmm. videos are popping up so much <laughs> that they're really trying to hone in and, and get this stuff under control. But it, it's just we, we got to. I mean, this it's is just so out of control at this point. Right. And it's sad that it's at, at this point also I – am not surprised by any videos that come. I don't even feel like That's cops are scared saying. of videos. You right. know what I mean? Like, no. they're, on, they're on video they're on and they don't video. even care. If right. you go to probably every state or every city, I'm sure something will come out of it. Absolutely. Because yeah. oh, yeah. people think, you know, a lot of, you know, I hate to say police officers are in the positions that they're in because maybe in their you know, past, you know, they were bullies or what have you, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to do with power, power control, and they get into a position and again, if you, there are no severe consequences immediately to someone's behavior, if someone, a police officer beat somebody mm-hmm. or did something that was inappropriate to a citizen, mm-hmm. and it's brushed under the rug, you're just conditioning that behavior that's again. Yeah. So that's just, to me, what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a chance to actually see Chirac and uh, sit with Spike. Um I didn't know that though about uh, putting policy, the deaths yeah. at the at yeah. the top makes it feel um, real. But one thing I want to kind of talk to you, ask you about is we we see a lot of. I love the movie because going into it, I have some friends from Chicago who had their little ifs about it. Uh, but as I watched it, I got the point. It's Spike Lee. He yeah. he he brings this certain level of comedy, a certain level of drama. But within all of it, you're gonna get at the end a moral of the story, Absolutely. and that's what I really loved about it. Is that I feel yeah. like. This generation needs a movie like that that's going to bring that type of comedy to it for them to start paying attention. But there's been also some backlash from it. Yeah. We got uh, this week, I think it was Chance the Rapper who mm-hmm. came out, um, and he said, let me be the first from Chicago to... You weren't the first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say, we don't mess with this movie. Um, you need to be from Chicago in order to tell a story about Chicago. Interesting. Okay. I can understand that. I, I disagree because I feel yeah. like there's lots of things in the world that we watch that no one's from. Have to like be Adolf Hitler. To okay. Be about the Holocaust. Thank you. Um, or also, do you have to be from the 1940s to dance like you're from the 1940s? Because right. you did, Chance. But um, Ooh, did in, the, in that video. Yes. Yeah. Um, but He's a great so actor, actually. no, I love him, and so this was really hurt me to kind of hear him say this because I just feel like he's smarter than that. But. Yeah. Um, did you guys get any of that while you were filming out there? Um, and then what did Spike do for you guys to really kind of understand the layout of the land? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, one of the, in our table reads, they brought in actual mothers who have lost mm. their children to gun violence. Mm. So there's um, several nonprofit organizations there um, of, of women who are just trying to get more just control over the gun laws there. So you, we're in our table read listening to these women tell us about how their children were just, I mean, brutally shot down just mm. from being outside, just from walking home from school, you know, and young, and not even in a teenager age, some of these women. Um, I already mentioned the call sheet. Um, we also, we marched. A lot of times we were with the community activists, and we marched with them uh, just, again, with about the gun laws and the lack thereof. 
And then also for people who didn't get it or didn't understand what's going on, I always use it as a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the first thing is I say is, okay, well, this is based on a Greek play from 411 B.C. So that's one. Two, it's not a biopic on the city of Chicago. So, I mean, for someone to say, well, you can't make a movie about Chicago, it's not a biopic on the city of Chicago. Yeah, what it is, though, (laughs) it is highlighting just the high level of violence that is happening in this portion of Chicago. But let us not forget, we mentioned this in the film, there's other cities that are going through the mm-hmm. same yeah. exact thing. You know what I'm saying? No, I it's thought so- if it was in Chicago, if you, I mean, if you guys had filmed it in Brooklyn and it was Brooklyn rap Somebody or whatever, or then yeah. the people from Chicago, or Bodymore, Philadelphia, yeah. like, yeah. all of that. But then Chicago would have been like, oh, y'all doing a movie about Brooklyn, and we got this. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I mean, it's satire, and satire is mixing fantasy with reality. Are people really walking around with bandanas on their heads? No. Is there really, you know, people moving on dolly shots? Yeah. You know? No. <laughs> but that's what he adds. But when you watch Orange is the New Black, women ain't kicking it in right. jail. Like, right. we all know that's, you know, Django, another movie that was had a lot of comical right. moments. Yes. But slavery is not funny. Yes. So it's just the style of filmmaking. You know what I mean? And it, and it, it saddens me that that went over people's heads and they were yeah. distracted by the message. Because, you know, Jennifer Hudson... <laughs> I mean, we all know what happened to her. Her yeah. family. It, I mean, true. she. Yeah. This happened to her, so she wouldn't be in a film, you know, that was mo- was making a mockery of that. And right? she's and from Chicago. She's from, she's from Chicago. I mean, yeah. that's she's what, experience. That's what blew so my many mind. actors yeah. in the film are from Chicago. Jennifer Hudson, Steve Harris, who plays Oduk. Um, just it's so many people, you know, that are from that city. And so to to say that, oh, y'all can't be doing this. Right. It's just like. Oh man, we did our research. And I love that you guys sat with the mothers because that was another thing he said was, oh, you guys are taking away the years that these mothers have been putting together these organizations. So to know that they were working. They were in the film. We had actual. No, I I remember at the end, right? With the pictures. Exactly. There's a scene, I don't know if you remember remember the guy Spinner and who's in the wheelchair and he's talking about that. That's really his life. You know, some of these actors and these gang members. They've really lived this life. Yeah. You know, he's not just getting regular actors just pretend. No. You know what I mean? Right. And so you have to la- the foundation of acting is laugh now, cry later. We know the two masks. That's acting. The story comes from an incredible Greek by uh, Greek story by Aristophanes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just try to use it as a teachable moment. Like, you know, this is art. This is where acting began. You know, mm-hmm. so he's fusing these things. And we're using rhyme. So it's like this urban Shakespearean mm-hmm. yep. rhyme thing. It's just never been done. Yep. You can't continue to just make the same old type of films. It can't just be a biopic. It can't just be a, a movie about black couples. It can't just be, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, right. it's just shake it up. Like, do something different. Yep. And that's why I stand behind Spike and the rest of my castmates. Because, like, I want my artistry to be fearless. Yeah. I I want right. it to be everybody going right, I'm going left. You Bum. know what I'm saying? So whether you like it or not, thanks for going to see it. Yeah. Yes. I feel yes. like, too, that as long as it's telling the movie is, I haven't seen it yet, but I will see it. Yes, um, see it. I feel like as long as it's telling the story of Chicago, then that's what's important. Right. Yeah. And to bring in mothers, uh, I mean, you have to be able to, in order to do a show, you have to be, that's the way you feel. Yeah how someone else is feeling like sitting with them sharing listening to their stories taking it all in and that's the only way that you can you know give back or give through your artistry what what the movie you know needs so I think that that was a really good thing so it's just I mean it's a certain style you know and you either like it or you don't but you cannot deny that it didn't have a message the message yeah you you just can't deny that you walked away thinking so make sure you guys check it shout out team indigo in the building check it out (laughs) <laughs> All right, before we move on to our hot topics, 
we want to remind everybody to go to DraftKings.com. Look up the code name Black, and you can get your gamble on. Do you guys get play a little fantasy football on. at all? Never. Do you do that during the holidays? We're going to have to do it so y'all can get some money. Yeah. Oh, There's okay. a lot of prizes. Come up. Right, man. Come up. Come up. Come up. Y'all don't even go learn on this. So we yeah. doing a cleanse, okay. and we're going to do... All right. Right. <laughs> so we're to money. You get a cleanse. You get a you're stupid. Now, there's uh, up to $10 million worth of prizes that are available. Wow. The first prize is $2 million. second prize is $1 million. Oh, wow. And you just have to go to DraftKings.com, put in the code name BLACK, and get go your fancy football. Get ready to wow. get, get your teams together. You got to let us know if you win, too. We're, right. we're taking we're a poll to see how many people are winning out there that are listening winning? to us. We let us know. Cards. All right, we're going to move on to the EUR Web Story Spotlight of the Week. Well, we know that January is award season, and it's quickly approaching. We're going on the end of the year, and I yesterday had the the I was able to go to the SAG nomination award yesterday yeah. morning, very early in the morning. Get your award tie, got my award tie on. That's right. That's right. So those awards will be on January thirtieth on TNT, TBS, and uh, Anthony Mackey was the one of the yeah. announcers for the nominations, as well as Anna Ferris. And so there's a great list. Uh, that that came out this year. One of the things I'm most proud of is that NWA's, you know, Strata Compton, that they was nominated. So I'm going to give a, a quick highlight of what some of the uh, nomination categories are, and then you can go to the full list on eurweb.com. But uh, the cast of NWA will compete with Trumbo, Beast of No Nation, Ooh, uh, The Big Short, and Spotlight for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. Mm. Comedy Central's mm-hmm. Kay and Peel uh, for Netflix, and Netflix's Orange is the New Black. They have mm-hmm. Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble in a Comedy Series. Yeah. Uh, we have Eve. Idris Elba, Beast of Nation. Best outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Viola Davis, outstanding performance by a female in a drama series. She's killing it on how to to get away with murder. I'm still waiting for the the season to come back. I was like, man. I I just watched the last one last week. I was on the edge of my feet that last episode. Left us all hanging. Left us hanging. Sandra is doing her Skin was like a saltine cracker to say how to get away now. And shout out to my girl. That's right. She was going to shoot her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shout out to my girl Erica Green, who's one of the writers over there. Head writer, she's doing her thing. Um, Uzo Aduba is Orange is the New Black. Um, she's outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series, nice. which is we amazing. Nice. She did great in the Wiz. Too. Yeah, she did yeah, great she in the did. Wiz. Yeah. Idris, uh, another nomination he got for outstanding performance by a male actor in a TV or movie TV movie or miniseries for Luther. Luther. Ah. Uh, Queen Latifah, we talked about her earlier for the Lee Daniels pro- Project. She's got outstanding performance by a female actor in television movie or miniseries for the HBO's Bessie. Bessie. Ah, okay. That was great. Uh, wow. That was a great film. Was. Action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Fast and Furious 7. Oh, no. I'm mad at that. And, you know, that's the that's just the highlight of the list, but you can go to the full list, as I mentioned, on eurweb.com. Now, one thing that we had talked about uh, about two weeks ago was the lack of black women in the motion picture category. Mm. And I know that, you know, obviously you are a great actress. What are your thoughts on some of those just oversights of, of what you feel as as some of the women who are acting in that category that didn't really get looked at? Because they were saying a lot of it is more supporting roles that yeah. the black men were in, yeah. and they couldn't compete with some of, like, the you know, the bigger actresses out there that are in these major movies. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are they're definitely coming. You know, as someone that's very much, you know, an emerging artist, and I'm kind of amongst, you know, seeing different scripts and things that are coming across the table, that it's coming. And there's not a greater time than 
to be a black actress than right now. Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, like 2016, 2017, the world needs to get ready. It's about to be explosive. You're so East Coast. I, I, I am. I love it. She's I'm from Boston, New York. Right. I hear it right now. <laughs> it's coming. You know yeah. what it is. Right. That's how serious she is. No, though. but I'm That's letting serious. you know, like, there's some incredible things coming. So it, it, it's cool. Y'all can have y'all little nominations right now. Not right now. You just well, and also year. I think that people were making it a big deal. But next year. But next year. But people were making a big Remember deal, too, because of the fact that we came off the Emmys and we obviously yeah. saw that, you know, Taraji, we saw, yeah. you know, uh, Viola get a lot of recognition. And then it's like, okay, now these movie nominations are coming out and they're saying, oh, well, there's not anybody that we really can put in this category. Well, I mean, no. when you're, we already know what it is to be young, black, and talented. You yeah. know, you yeah. have yeah. to work ten times harder than yes. the next yeah. person, and that's, just, that's the just the cards we've been dealt, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I take it with a badge of honor, and I'm like, okay, I'm still going to bust through some doors and, you know, make it Do work. That. So I just, I, I approach it in that aspect. I'm like, it's cool, y'all can have your own yeah. But you know, I'm my girl. The, the actresses that I look up to, like the Tarajis and the Kiris and yeah. all of these incredible Gina Hall or Gina King, I know that they're going to be doing some explosive things. I can't wait to support and just you know what I mean. Be hopefully be right next to them. You know, uh, Angela, you know? one of my favorites. Speaking <laughs> into existence. Speaking yeah. of existence, I just love that the standard of beauty is changing in Hollywood too. Yes, you know, so too. you see all colors of of culture for African Americans, and and uh, I think there's some great things to come, like you were saying. Yeah, and I can't I'm, wait I'm to see it. You. Yeah, y'all gonna be like, see, last year Michelle was saying. Uh-huh. Right, she called it. She put it <laughs> out there. It. She called it. Well, tune in <laughs> on January 30th to TNT for the SAG Awards. We'll yeah. be there. So I'm um, looking forward to it. I gotta yes. get my red carpet yes. outfit on. Get it done. Get, it going. Yes. After your get my six pack and my, you know, detox. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Last story of today. Uh, I find this very interesting. There is a doctor by the name of, let's see what his name is here, Mark Lewis. He is a neuroscientist, and he says that addiction is not a disease, and he also does not believe in rehab. He thinks it's pointless. Now, he has written a book um, called Memoirs of an Addicted Brain because he is a former addict himself. Mm-hmm. And he goes in to talk about how he feels that this, the, a lot of these things that are happening right now be, with addicts being called addicts are overrated and that the procedures for them are all temporary. So this is one of the things that he said with his little quote here in his, in his book. Uh, he said, the, his latest literary endeavor, The Biology of Desire, Why Addiction is Not a Disease, um, describes why labeling, labeling addiction as a disease is harmful. And he feels that this is just something that's that's happening that's more trendy and it's it's not really going to help the people who are ad- addicted to certain things. So this is a quote actually from his book. Defining addicts as a patient makes them passive. It makes them fatalistic and it makes them pessimistic. If you're told you have a chronic brain disease that causes you to do all these nasty things, you don't think you'll ever get free of it. But in fact, most addicts do recover, and the statistics are very clear on that, whether they're soft drugs or harder drugs like heroin. Calling someone an addict tends to overshadow other approaches to treating addiction that relies on much more individualized psychological methods. There are various kinds of psychotherapy, counseling, support networks, and mindless meditation that mind, mindfulness meditation approaches that are also being shown to be very effective. If you believe you have a chronic disease and so does your care provider, they're not very likely to recommend mindfulness meditation, but it's been shown to be very effective. 
obviously, Dr. Keisha, you have a lot of history in this <laughs> Over yeah, particular subject and category. What are your thoughts on him saying this about addicts? I actually can agree with him. I don't necessarily feel that addiction is a disease. And the reason why I feel that, when you think about a disease, you think about a disease, typically there's medication that will go along with it. I feel that addiction has a lot to do with uh, control, you know, mind, use, you know, urges and managing things of that nature. It's a choice. So if you look at it like it's a choice, if I want to go out and do drugs or what have you, that's a choice. If I want to stop using drugs, that's a choice. Now, again, when you talk about heroin, you have to, uh, you can go into clinics mm-hmm. and there's, you know, a methadone, methadone, yeah. methadone that, you know, people will take in order to kind of wean them off of the, of, of, of uh, heroin. <laughs> but again, I agree to the extent that addiction is not a disease because it's just one of those things where it's something that you choose to do. And I feel like if you do get the proper care, whether it's psychotherapy, uh, meditation, or what have you, you can change all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can change, you can stop those urges. What I will say, too, is that people, when we talk about disease, when we talk about mental health, it's one of those things where it's not you, it's not the person. So we have to separate the two, if that makes sense. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of times people will say, I am you know, the drug addict or, or I am bipolar or whatever. You know, it's something separate. And then once we can separate those two things, then I think that's where the, the we, we can begin to make, you know, or that's where the proper, the start is, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. But again, to answer your question, I do agree definitely with him or to some extent that, mm-hmm. yeah, you, it's, it's about choices. Yeah. It's really about choices. And I mean, just in my life experiences, uh, I, I mean, I haven't dr- done drugs personally or what have you as far as like being addicted, but I will say that people that I've come into contact with, they made choices to do drugs, to stay on the drug, and they decided, they made a conscious decision to go into treatment, get the services that they needed to get better, yeah. where someone who has a disease, sometimes they have no control over that. No. When someone is bipolar or having an episode or they're schizophrenic, they have no control over that. And in order to manage that, you get on psychotropic medication. Yeah. So that's why I I can I can agree to you know to what he's saying. Yeah. Well, he his problem that he also had with rehab programs in the U.S. This is another quote from um, his his statement. But there are a lot of violations. He said treatment is inadequate. He said opiate uh, substitution doses are wrong. The period of time for getting off of it is often wrong. Individual care is lacking. He said they have generic policies which often don't benefit people, and the medical care is a fairly small aspect of the program in general. He said eighty to ninety percent of the program is dominated by 12-step methodology. You also throw in a whole bunch of group sessions in which people are lectured on anything (laughs) from how to stop making excuses to all sorts of rants. He said for some people it can work because they get get them out of out of the environment and off of the drugs so they dry out but he said it doesn't work for long because they go back to their environments and he said it all triggers back sometimes they don't get the psychological skills addicts need to move on what you need is is to have number one is skills and they said he said also to have self-regulation and be conscious in order to put their lives in better perspective so yeah it's 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 tricky i I will say i have a a family member and (coughs) he will say to this day he likes getting high. Mm. This is what I like to do. And when I'm ready to stop, then I will stop. 
And he will do things that we would probably look at him like, wow, you know, you're really doing those types of things or whatever from stealing, robbing people, sleeping in homeless places, you know, spending all of his money that he gets. But it's a con- it's a choice. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you think and, and again, there's so many different addictions, you know, there's gambling addictions, there's things of that yeah. nature. But when you think Playing about the addiction, games. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about choices. Yeah. 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 So the disease that might be a too hard of a word to, you know, label addiction. So yeah. yeah. And I think I, I kinda get what he's saying. He's saying that people use that as an excuse. Yeah. And then, yeah. you yeah. know, if you use that as an excuse then you really aren't helping yourself to, to really break out of exactly. it. Exactly. So it's an interesting philosophy. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I just have to learn more about it. I mean, for me, like, I've had different addictions. Like, I've been biting my fingernails since I was, I can't even remember when. But, I mean, it would be things like my mom would put stuff on my fingers to taste gross, and I wouldn't even re- realize I was doing it. And I wanted to stop and make that conscious. I mean, I got been hypnotized. I've done the, every, the whole bunch of things, and I still bit it. And it wasn't until, I think, a couple months ago, I went and I made it. I went to something where this, it was Tony Robbins, and he was, Basically, just you have the decision. You have the right. You know what's good for you. You know what's bad for you. Right. And after all these years of trying all these different things, it was like hearing him just say that to me. I haven't smoked a cigarette since. Haven't bit my oh, fingernails wow. since. And so I think it was just you, you like your your, your uh, family member said. When you're ready, there's just going to be yeah. this moment that it clicks, yes. you know? And it's like, because I've stopped smoking cigarettes before, mm-hmm. and you feel it. You feel this antsiness with you, but I wasn't ready at that right. time, right. and I picked it back up again. And I think this time, I don't get that craving. I can be around other people doing it and doesn't. So I can, I could definitely well, agree with the disease yeah. factor of it. Cause well, and, and, that, and, and not to cut you off, that's where the coping tech. So when you do go into, like, certain mm-hmm. rehabs or you go into psychotherapy, we give you tools so that you can cope. So we, instead of smoking cigarettes, we may give you something like exercising or going to meditate or go to ju- go journaling or take an art class. Which is or, what technically yeah. I kind of have done. Exactly. It's funny yeah. to, to yeah. put it in that context. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure you've seen a lot of different addictions on couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had a cast, Big Hands, Janice Dickinson, Joe Button, Scott Stapp. You know, the list goes on and on. So what, what do you find that when you were kind of watching them that a lot of them had in common as far as like their – even though there's different addictions of different things, like what did they have in common that you had to deal with a couples therapy? Well, I can't really speak too much on it because we work under our licenses or what right. have you. But what I will say is the common theme, of course, was relationship issues. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people do not know their partners. Yeah. Mm. And well, what don't know them. You think they comes know themselves up. too, though? Could be. Yeah. That, that could be. But, you know, a lot of people... They don't seek to understand their partners. Mm -hmm. They want to be understood first. Wow. So, again, it's powerful when you sit in therapy and you have someone, a neutral party, such as myself or such as Dr. Jen, to get your partner or each other to see each other's perspectives. Equally on the same level. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But... Again, partners, <laughs> they don't know they don't know each other. They don't and a lot of people they don't take the time out to get to know one another. People rush their relationships, True. they jump in to relationships, oh I want you, I want you know, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And so now we have to start taking time out to get to know one another so that we can have these long lasting relationships. And I just think that's that's what's missing. Just take the time out. Seek to understand your partner. If both 
of a, if we are both seeking to understand each other, we'll have a, a wonderful thing. But if you're just seeking to understand me and I, I just need you to understand me, it, it's, it's not going to work. Okay, so you say that wow. people really need to get to know each other. And I know you can't put it necessarily on I was just on one the time. But, like, how long does <laughs> that take? You know, like, Over what, two years. Yeah, yeah, how, I'm going to say over two to, you, to really know somebody. Yeah, what would you, you say? that they need to date before they get married. You know, what I will say, I'm not going to answer your direct question, but people need to really take advantage of premarital counseling, counseling in general. I see people who are just boyfriend and girlfriend or just couples in general. You have to really understand a person's religious background, how they rear their children, um, education, uh, finances, finances, you know, past histories, and be with someone who's not going to throw that back in your face or what have you. Again, you know, I've, I've spoken on this before where we're trained to be individuals. Mm. So when we get together and a marriage is supposed to be a cooperation, so it's kind of hard to start, you know, your aspiration is my aspiration. What you want to do is what I want to do. That's hard, especially if for 20-some years you've been trained to kind of think for self, mm-hmm. do for self, to be independent. And now I have to jump into a relationship yeah. and i got to figure everything yeah. else out. That could be. But how do you notice? Have you noticed a difference in, like, older couples versus the new generation? The older couples may not be as quick to want to change. Really? Yeah. Because I look at, like, my, my, my parents and uncles and aunts, and I look at them, and th- I was raised under that context. And when I'm trying to go out and date in this world, 2015, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> 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 well. Wow. But I just feel like the morals, and I, I, don't, I don't, not morals, morals, and also I, I feel like we're in this world of we see it on TV, and yeah. it's so quick, and we want everything right now yeah. that... I mean, you'll see on Instagram someone had three relationships and they was in love right. in a month. Right, you know, right. With three totally different people. What did their Facebook people. status say? <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody so, goes about that anymore. <laughs> that's interesting to no, know they don't. as far as wanting to work on it. But is that like the millennial idea of like, yeah, we can work through it. And then they aren't really still trying to pay attention to the other person or? You know, it, it, it just all depends. I really just think it all depends. And I think when we just spoke on uh, addiction and, and mental health, you just have to be ready. Yeah. I think that when a lot of times people are set in their ways, and again, they're conditioned to be a certain way. Yeah. So if you don't start in the beginning trying to like fix things or pay attention to certain things that you know deep down in your gut didn't seem right, mm-hmm. if you let that slide or mm. go to the side, then it gets conditioned in the relationship. So again, I just think that it has a lot to do with, you know, if you're ready to make the necessary changes for the betterment of your relationship, then it will work. You know what I mean? But both parties have to be on the same page too because I have couples who come in to see me and one person or the husband may be so gung-ho, ready to do it, and the wife is just sitting there like... just dragged there. You know, or vice versa or what have you. And it, it just depends. But when you have both people on the same accord... And we're working as a team, the three of us. It, it's amazing. The results are, I mean, it just it gives me so much joy to just see couples make it, you know. And if not, if it doesn't work out, then we can walk away. Yeah, we have the tools, yeah, have yeah. The tools yeah. to walk away, still be cool, and we move forward. And yeah. then throughout the whole process, you walk away where you're prepared for the next relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've picked up some, a set of tools so that you won't repeat those same you know, and not yeah. holding the anger so from your last relationship. It's exactly. challenging in our, you know, day and age because we have the social media. It's like people don't right. really want to sit <laughs> and go to counseling. It's right. like, well, I'd rather just scroll here or post everything that I'm doing here. Yeah. It's like, 
is there a counseling for And they're, they're only posting the good us. stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. You know what what I mean? People are self-diagnosing like, through yeah. Google, <laughs> or their friends are telling Ooh. them what Wait, they I have. Might, I might have done that once or twice. <laughs> I oh, know. I'd be on WikiMD. Yeah, I always have some disease, uh, you know, something it's going terrible. on. He'll call me. He'll be like, "I had this, this, this." <laughs> and like, on on the like, internet, right. it says, you "Just need a drink of water." Right, uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. I think it's fine. But on doing so, doing your job on a TV show versus like being able to do it in your regular practice, like what challenges have you found that seem to be the case more with dealing with these celebrity couples and doing it in an environment that is sort of elevated because it's on television you know some celebrities you know feel a sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so that could be an issue but you know what I really feel that it's all about the rapport the relationship you have with a person so for me the challenges initially may be a person feels entitled like, well, if you're not going to tell me what to do if you're not going to help me whatever then what am I here for or they feel like you know it's not working. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Not to blah, blah, blah. But if the relationship, the therapeutic relationship is set, the rapport is built, it's a good thing, then, you you know, the work can be done. Yeah. So I really just feel my goal always or my niche, you know, is I work on building the foundation of therapeutic relationship first and foremost. It's mm-hmm. like we'll spend time just, you know, getting to know one another, you know, just I have to see who you are. Like like you talked about the mothers and bringing them in to share the story. I have to see your world. Yeah. And the only way I can do that is if I, you know, like putting your glasses on to see how you view yourself, others, in the world. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of goes from there. And then the my client has a better... Uh, respect for me and the therapy process, and then now they want to move. They want to make movement. They want to, you know, put in the work. Put in the work. So yeah, mm-hmm. my and job is to provoke movement. That's, I like that's that. That's, that's what I do. And then if people are listening and okay. they want to find out more, uh, you know, have their movement provoked, <laughs> where do they find you? Yes. Where do they find you? Doctor no. Keisha Downey. That's D R K E I S H A D O W N E Y, and everything is on my website. Okay. Everything's on my website. Awesome. And then, Michelle, I know you uh, obviously are starring in Chirac, and that movie's doing great at the box office. And you also have Last to Love coming up as mm-hmm. well. What what else? Pro- what other projects are you working on that you can tell the fans about? I can't speak on any yet, but just know that I have some things at the top of the year that I, I want to know what you've seen this year. <laughs> I know. I know. But there, like, I, I try to wait until like it's on IMDb. Then I can be like, oh, well, yeah. right. this yeah. is the public now information. Sure. And, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, that's, it's, that's just how I protect myself. But mm-hmm. um, I have some really fun things coming. I'm excited to share. Yay. So cool. stay tuned into her um, social yeah. media platforms yeah, and find out. And what are your social media platforms? Um, Instagram is just my name, Michelle Michenor. Um, that's Michelle with two L's and M-I-T-C-H-E-N-O-R. And my Twitter is Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little Beyonce Sorry, right there. Give a little Beyonce. <laughs> no, I couldn't change it. Michelle. I was like, well. So just type in my, my first and last name. You'll find it. And I just started Snapchat, and it's just M. Michenor. So. M. Michenor. Okay. Hey. I should cool. probably make them the same. But pew, pew, I, that's pew. what I had to do. I was just, it just, just too I know. Right. Everything, just, just one. Just one. Because I can't remember passwords. So I, <laughs> no, I know. I'm like, wait, what? I you'll put the password. Where's the password? Courtney, where can we find you? Because that's how. My name exists. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, well, it was it was a moment, and somebody had my name, guys. So I stuck with my I am name, Stuart Starlet, on Twitter and Instagram. That's yes. where I'm at. Go on. And you guys, hit me up everywhere at DJ Jesse J. 
You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Daryl Kristen, and now on Snapchat as well. And thank really? you for tuning in. Finally, I gotta yes. get with finally, it. I'm finally, welcome. Yes. Yes. we gotta get with it. together. Me and Michelle Snapchat each other the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Be sure to check out Michelle on at Chirac in the theaters. You got a lot of time. The holidays are coming up. Tell everybody to go see it. Tell your mommy, your cousins, your uncles, everybody. Yes, everybody. Dr. Keish is going. You can check her out on VH1 on Couples Therapy as well. And if you want to go. You know, handle your business. Find her on social I'm media. A, after as well. I provoke this cleanse, I'm gonna provoke <laughs> my mind too. <laughs> right. Hello. I know on. that's right. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next, next week. Bye. Thank you. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.